Welcome to the Humanity Leadership Podcast. My name is David Wheatley. We're here to talk leadership in small, bite-sized and practical chunks. Enjoy. Well, welcome. I have a guest this week and uh, my co-host, if you like, is Corey Rosell, who's the Chief Operating Officer of Marshall Community Credit Union. And we were having a coaching conversation a couple of weeks ago, and she came up with this great concept, and I thought it would be uh, value for other people to hear. So welcome, Corey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, you're more than welcome. Thank you for, for saying this. I know uh, you weren't quite sure whether you wanted to share it, and I really value what you're going to share. So so the way this goes is, uh, and uh, I hope that you'll stop me if I'm doing anything wrong, but we were talking about the idea that sometimes a leader can feel like they're trying to do 80 miles an hour on the freeway but the direct reports are only doing 60. And if we keep doing that, then our direct reports will lose the taillights and not be able to see you anymore and perhaps even slow down to 45 because what's the point? They can't even keep up with you. And we're having this conversation in a coaching session because of that challenge of leadership as to what speed should you be doing in order to bring people along at the right level. Correct. Yes. It was a really good conversation. And it just goes to show that you have to pay attention to how fast you're going at different times, because if you're not paying attention to your team and where they're at, is that space getting smaller or is it getting larger? Yeah. That's, and, and so what I always encourage people to do is to find the the speed that allows you to go the fastest without losing the people behind you. And sometimes that can be a little slower than you want to go because you're a driven dynamic going places leader but you recognize that some of the folks aren't moving quite as fast and you need to slow down so they, so you can maximize what they get out of their engine as well, if you like. And now, other people may just be driving alongside of you and having no problem, but it's that, that combination. And so we had this conversation and, uh, and it seemed to provoke some thought. And I always like it when somebody writes something down and, and thinks in a coaching session. Uh, but then uh, a little while later, you shared your own version of it having cogitated on it a bit so so tell us the story about where you went with the speeding car scenario <laughs> well um i was on a uh, on a trip to one of our branches to visit and i was listening to the podcast or not podcast but um uh, ebook um how women rise yeah and great, great book by the way yes i love it um and I just find on, on trips like that, it's easier for, my, for me to digest the materials um, through audio like that. And in, in your note to me, you did make a point that you were in your Hemi-powered Jeep. Just so <laughs> yes. was, so we all, all know Soccer mom in style. Yeah, what kind of speed you were doing down the, yeah. on the way that branch. Yep. Well, the book slows me down because I want to listen to more of it. So that's a good thing. <laughs> so you drive into one of your branches. You're listening to How Women Rise, which I'd highly recommend to any uh, female or male executive in, for that matter. Yeah, well, I do too as well. Um, and I realized I was so into the book that I realized I had gotten on the highway on E. So I went through this on, kind on of... Empty. Your car was yeah, empty. Yes. So, um, and there's a little gap of gas where there's no gas station for like six miles. And I was like, really like running on fumes. So I thought, oh my gosh, I had a little panic moment and thought, what can I do other than try to get there? So I just, you know, calmly got to the gas station despite all odds. And um, 
felt a little like energized by that situation, how I handled <laughs> it. I was proud that I just calmed down and I, and I got through it and had so a little let's luck. Just, <laughs> let's just go back to that. So you, you find yourself, you know, emerged, immersed in this book, but then you also realize that you'd get onto the freeway on empty. Yes. Uh, and that slows you down, calms you down, makes you think about how do I negotiate the next six miles in order to be able to get to the gas station without running out of gas completely. Right. It uh, really put my leadership skills to test. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's funny why they pop up, isn't it? Uh, yes. Um, and so anyway, I, I had gone through that. So I was feeling a little like uh, energized by that situation. And and um, it got me into a clear thinking state of mind, I guess. And I approached as I came up to this light, it was turning yellow. And I just went right through like it was like, didn't even hesitate, just went through. And I thought, is that a good thing or a bad thing? And then, <laughs> well, let's, um, just, let's just pause there. Man. So you're, appro- <laughs> uh, you're approaching a traffic light and it goes to what I call the amber light. I think that's an English term for the yellow I light. I think it is. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the amber light comes on. And you just hit the throttle and go straight on through the the junction on amber. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. And then the moment you get through there, you stop and you're thinking a little bit more about to say, oh, (laughs) was that the best thing to do or? Right. Uh, Yep. And I conclusion. It was my natural thing to do. (laughs) That's how I'm naturally wired. So when things turn and then it got me thinking not everyone is like that. So I was just kind of bucketed the thought into two different categories. You're either a speed up person or you're a slow down person when you see a yellow light. Yeah. So you're dividing the whole of the world's population into two and saying there's some (laughs) people who, when they, they get to the yellow light, they'll accelerate through it. And there's other people who will stomp on the brakes and screech Mm -hmm. to a halt. And yep. So we've divided the world into two and we all know which side you land. Yes. And so then I took it a step further and thought, Okay, so if I am a speed up, if I'm a slow down passenger in in the car of a speed up driver, <laughs> I would feel fear probably. I don't have any control. This person's making a different decision than I would have made. Um, so there's multiple reasons why I would feel fear. Yeah, so if I'm a slow down, naturally slow down person, but I'm the passenger and you're Hemi Jeep and you're a naturally speed up person, I'm gripping the seat and hitting the invisible brake pedal. Yes, exactly. Uh, Yes, white knuckles on on the side of the car. Yeah. yeah. So, and then I took that to the other side of things, you know, immediately led to the opposite that if I were a speed up, and which I can easily relate to, in the passenger seat of a slowed down person, um, which is a reliable daily driver, I would probably feel frustration. Okay, so, so we switch it around the other way. We've got somebody who's braking at the yellow light, and you're sat there thinking, why didn't you go through? We're, yeah, we're late. we could we be there already. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> and so there's a level of frustration. So mm-hmm. you, you've worked out that there's two different types of driver and the consequences of having the different sets in the car together. How do you then apply that to your leadership world? Well, I think how that equates to the leadership world and being, you know, with your relationships with the people that you work with, it's having a basic understanding of what, which is their natural tendency and knowing that sometimes if, if you are a fast speed up, 
and the other person's a slow down, that the more you speed up, the more they're going to slow down and the more they're going to feel fear um, and negative emotions, which is going to probably not lead to very productive behaviors. So, um, and vice versa, the more you, you know, if, if you're slow, um, you just need to understand like what speed is this other person looking for me to go to, but you have to own that a little bit and, right. and adjust your, your behaviors. Yeah. And if, if it all comes down to the, what you're trying to achieve in the end, which is that you both want to get through the light safely right. and in a timely way, uh, but you have a different approach to how you get there. Yeah. It's where are you going? And so balancing that understanding of what the other people value and what makes them most comfortable and how you get the most out of them. Uh, if you're the speed up person and you're always driving and I'm a slow down person and I'm in the passenger seat, I'm in, going to become increasingly anxious every time we come across a light mm -hmm. uh, and you're going to become increasingly frustrated if it's the other way around. Exactly. Uh, you had said something else uh, before when we talked about it, you um, applied the concept that if it was an emergency, that that kind of changes the game, right? Yeah. Like, so <laughs> when my wife went into anaphylactic shock um, because a bunch of bees stung her, I went back into police driving mode and I was at the local emergency room in six minutes, which uh, um, I didn't realize it was only, it was that close, but then wow. traffic lights don't apply. Right. You know, I will work out a way of getting through safely. And actually my police driving course taught me how to do that in an unmarked car and get through because the situation requires that extra pace effort. The emergency requires something different. And taking on a higher level of risk. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the challenge of that, though, is everybody has to be aware in the car as to what's happening and why you're taking on that uh, slightly higher. Although my police driving instructor would say there's no higher risk. Uh, it's just you're driving differently. But yes, you're taking on a higher risk when you start doing that. But what's the challenge, though? If, if the leader, though, starts taking on higher risk and the passenger is a slow down person. I think that's where the communication needs to come in and be strong and um, what are the re sharing, you know, where you're going and not just where you're going, but what speed you need to get there and why um, is going to get you buy-in from those slower people, I would yeah. think. And some of the slower, the slow down people, I want to call them the slow down people rather than the slower people, but the, the slow down people um, are maybe going to argue, well, I'm worried about getting there safely. Well, yeah, the tortoise wins the race, right? Yeah. <laughs> in, this, in this fable. So it's, I mean, there's, there's consequences to both and not one is right or wrong. It's just um, awareness. Right. Well, I think that's the key thing that uh, I love the way you just framed that, that, that it's about awareness. So if I understand whether I'm a speed up person or a slow down person, and then I pay attention to the people around me and see whether they are speed up people or slow down people, and then potentially adjust my behavior to make us as comfortable as possible going at the maximum speed. And so in mm -hmm. some cases, that might mean I have I slow down for this light because I want the person to be comfortable. I want them to be tuned in. And at other points, I might be willing to take the risk and accelerate, uh, but I'm going to make sure I communicate the why, the logic, the reason behind that so that even though the person may be a little bit more nervous, I'm giving them the information that helps them understand the decision-making. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we, we know what you are now. Has it changed how you 
look at the people around you? Yeah, um, it does. It has. So if someone's not going as fast as I anticipated or need them to go, then I take a step back and say, am I going too fast? And if the answer is no, then for the situation, then I'm not doing a good enough job of communicating why I'm going that speed Which and what a, I need. I mean, that's great leadership responsibility in some ways, isn't it? Rather than complaining that people can't keep up with me. What you're noticing is if you feel like you're going too fast and people aren't keeping up, then what's your responsibility? And are you introducing fear because you keep accelerating through yellow lights? Right. And that's our, that can be a natural tendency for me is to just push harder, you know, uh, go faster. And it's, it's really gives you the opposite effect that you're looking for. Yeah. Uh, and, and then the reality is that if it's a, a 50, 50 shot that I'm going through, then sometimes it's better to break because <laughs> maybe there's that Hemi Jeep going the other way. That's trying to anticipate <laughs> the light and, uh, and we want to get there, but it's that I, I love the it's awareness that you said is the most important thing, understanding what the implications are of your choices on the people around you and what their choice preferences are. Because if you're seeing fear or frustration, it probably means there's a disconnect there somewhere. Definitely. That's a great way to say that. Well, but thanks, Corey. Thanks for sharing. And thanks for, uh, for stopping and thinking and nearly running out of gas. I'm pleased you didn't. That could have been a whole different story. Uh, no kidding. And, and I look forward to hearing how you expand on this concept as you continue to think about it. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was fun to share. <laughs> thank you. That was the Humanity Leadership Podcast. My name is David Wheatley. For further information about Humanity, go to humanity.com or check out our latest book, What Great Teams Do Great, from all good bookstores. Have a good one. Stay healthy. Mm-hmm.